Right, welcome to another episode of Twitty Skins and Cuts. We're here today with two losers. No, we're here today with two lads <laughs> from Glasgow. I've got. I'm supposed to do this because uh, December is the. Is it December's the Christmas challenge? Funny that, isn't it? December. December. And we're trying to raise money for um, new churches in Glasgow. And these boys are here to tell us why. But first of all, boys, just introduce people to who you are, where your churches are. Go on, Tommy. <clears throat> My name's Tommy. Um, I'm from... Thank you. I'm from Mary Hill. Well, I'm not from Mary Hill, but that's where I currently uh, reside and work. Uh, so Mary Hill, for those who don't know, is a revitalisation that we took on uh, a couple of years ago now. Uh, so Mary Hill Evangelical Church, for those of you who know the area, um, it's in a, <clears throat> uh, just off the main road on a on a hill. Um, so I've got used to the hills of Mary Hill. They call it Mary Hill for very good reason. Fascinating stuff. So, Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But do you tell that at parties to people, do you? I do, I do. So how many people in Mary Hill? Mary Hill's got 10,000 people. Um, it's wow. a, one of the kind of biggest, I would say, biggest schemes of Glasgow. And it's one of the oldest also. So it's it's kind of spread out over a kind of, lo a kind of long area. And it looks almost like there's individual schemes within mm -hmm. it as well. But it's it's 10,000 people. But there's a lot of gentrification there, right? Oh, yeah. A bit yeah. like Nidri. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of what we do now. And one of the challenges I think we were going to talk about at some point today is that. Um, how do people, you know, the, the government tends to put all new immigrants and or asylum seekers all into the kind of housing schemes yeah, yeah. of Glasgow and Mary Hill uh, receives a lot of that. Yeah. It's interesting that um, this is a side issue, but Glasgow seems to receive more immigrants in the schemes than Edinburgh, right? I'm not sure why that is, but... Certainly Glasgow gets a ton of them. Like, yeah. I was, I found Balaric when I was there. Am I telling you this? Oh, and when I first moved in Balaric 10 years ago, or first started working in Balaric, it was pretty much 95, if not more percent, like white Scottish people. Yeah. And today it's massively ethnically diverse. Yeah. Which is the same as right away Glasgow, isn't it? Like loads of Eastern it's, Europeans. When I came to Nidri about 15 years ago, it was pretty much 100% white. And it's only about 90% white now, but you can you can see the change anyway. Just down the road from you, if I remember, there is some sort of lodge, right? Yeah, where people would, <laughs> of a certain uh, persuasion would gather. That's Rangers, right? Yeah. So there was there were lots of crying when Gerard went to Villa. I don't you know? Okay. There's a flag. They have a flagpole, and it's currently flying at half mast. Is it? And yeah. is that the reason, honestly? Well, who knows? It's been flying at half mast ever since then. So <laughs> maybe it's because they got knocked out by Hibs, wasn't it? At the yeah, well, I don't want to say too much because some of them may be listening to this. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But aren't, aren't you a Celtic fan? Me? No, I'm St. Marin, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right, Pete. Anyone knows you, but just say it again. So, Pete Stewart, originally from Northern Ireland, just to say Belfast, but moved over to the west of Scotland when I was nine. And we planted in Barlarrick. I think we launched four or five years ago. And Blanock uh, in the East End. East End of Glasgow, we schemed 4,000 people in part of the kind of greater Easter House area, which was kind of more traditionally one of the roughest parts of Glasgow. But a great place, love it. And we worked for uh, kind of one of the Church of Scotland's in the scheme for five, I think I was there seven years. And then we left the plant with 20 schemes. And uh, yeah, it's been good. We actually don't meet in Berlin just now. Through the pandemic, we lost the wee community centre we were meeting in. And so we've had to, there's a wee old brethren hall that have let us use it just a couple of miles down in a different community. Um, so we've got a lot of people living in Blarick and stuff happening, but we're not meeting there in some ways. So how, how are you? So are you, are you like trying to reach Blarick and trying to reach 
playlist or are you just trying to what are you trying to do yeah so our church I guess we'll come on to this is kind of weird just now like we are pretty much like three little churches in one so Hope Creation Berlarik is our name most of our members would live in Berlarik as opposed to other places but um, we also have now a wee contingent from Bailiston and we've got a new planter Mike and his family that's going to like separate from us and plant at Bailiston and we've got another family that we're hoping to send to someone else we're doing in Glasgow so our kind of church is like really been a hub for that's not Kirk and Tillich is it, is it? yeah so that's it Kirk, is Kirk and Tillich is the other one Hairstains is just the excerpts yeah. is that in Kirk and Tillich Hairstains is the name yep. that's the church in the school yeah, yeah just in the grounds of I love that place alright so um, one of the things that um, we discovered earlier on at 20 Schemes which um, and do you know it's our 10th anniversary this Really? This month. Do you know what I mean? 10 That's years of 20 been. schemes. Believe that. Um, I, well, I can't. I'm impressed. I think with your with your possible three on the go, we've got another go. We could be up to 15 plants within the, by the end of next year. So I'm encouraged by our progress, even though I said 20 churches in 10 years, which makes me a failure, by the way. Uh, I still think that we're picking up momentum. And one of the things, anyway, in the early days of the research that was striking to us was um, just how many schemes in Glasgow alone. When I when we counted, this was years ago, there was 98. Was that about? about yeah, right? we did it recently again. I think it was 97 or 98 came back. So it's, that's in Glasgow City alone. Like there's yeah, yeah. basically Glasgow City Council's got 600,000 people in it. Yeah. And then the greater Glasgow area has got like up to one and a half million, I think. And there's a bunch more schemes running about that. Yeah. The Kil- would you include Kilmanic out there? So that's even further right than that as well. Because that is rough out there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Kilmanic, I think, is the, maybe the most deprived town in Scotland, I guess, yeah. in terms of. Um, Seems like the further west you keep going, the sure. bigger the problems. Mm. Um, and so one of the big things we wanted to, as Sweaty Schemes, as uh, sort of leadership, we were uh, decided that we're going to prioritise uh, Glasgow over the next five years. And how we're going to do that is recruit people, which, which we've been doing. I mean, we would have planned before now, had they not been for the pandemic, but we're going to recruit. We want to pour a lot of financial resources into um, the city and uh we just want to um try and make at least a small dent in in uh people who are living out there um that's not to say we're not planning in other places because we are but uh this part of the christmas challenge part of the reason for this podcast part of the stuff when i'll be in the states next year talking and around the world will be um, and on our website we'll be emphasizing glasgow needs the gospel and glasgow schemes are probably among the people who live there are probably among the least reached people in Europe, I would say, right now. We, um, so we were members of Harper Church when yeah, yeah. Was that, and they did some research in which basically, I think the Barna research in Scotland a few years ago was about 2.5% of people, <laughs> and they were saying that in Glasgow, they basically went round and said who's in a broadly evangelical church, and it was 2% of the people in Glasgow, and then they worked out where are the churches, and in some, so in the west end of Glasgow, more affluent student area, there's, there's I think they had four evangelical churches for every 10,000 people. And then in the east end where we were, our ward had a third of a gospel church for 10,000 people, um, which is just a massive disparity. We what, see that all over Scotland, don't we? But I think in Glasgow. Yeah, what more what is it about the west and eastern places? Like the west end of Edinburgh is the same. Yeah. In the city centre, it's like, pick your pick. And then the further east you come out, it's just like less and less and less and less and less and then nothing. Anyway, okay, so we've got these three um, 
schemes we're currently looking at? Are any any other options on the table? Yeah, and there's loads of folk that are there's loads of people that always get in touch about um, how can we work with air communities. I guess it's just about seeing where the Lord's going to lead us and we can get the right people on board. But and so tell us about you because we're trying we're sort of transitioning is not the right word, but definitely you're broadening your remit with 20 schemes, aren't you? So totally I'm that. not transitioning, no, but um, yeah, yeah. Take it on the kind of transitioning thing. is a posh middle class word, Paul. We're firing you, but moving you to the side, okay. which we're not doing to you okay. yet. <laughs> no, so yeah, so I'm still one of the pastors of Hope Community Church Barlatic, but I guess getting to head up the training and planting and stuff like that in the west of Scotland as well, which is exciting. Like, I love Glasgow, like, um, I'm from Northern Ireland, but it's very much similar mm-hmm. type of people. I think is it Kerry Kevin Bridges, the Glasgow comedian guy. Mm-hmm. It says it was Glasgow was the voted Europe's friendliest city at the same time as the knife crime capital of Europe, and so he says <laughs> something like it's the kind of place where they might stab you, but they'll take you to the hospital afterwards, which I like. And it's kind of like Belfast, right? It's that kind of rawness, yeah, yeah. But banter, they do anything for you, but don't cross them, kind of. And a lot of sectarian, yeah, for divide. sure. And so. Um, so just on that, because a lot of people are going to be confused about, well, you know, why am why, why am I heading it up, or why why isn't like the church at Nidri doing it? And and the big the big issue is this is twenty schemes is growing. We've got a lot. Of, we've got half a dozen churches in 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 um, Edinburgh. We've got you guys out in Glasgow. We've got some up in the, uh, up towards Dundee, and then further north into Inverness, and then we're going to go further north right up into to Wick at some point. But um, Glasgow and Edinburgh are so different culturally. Yeah, sure. The makeup. I mean, the, the the issues we the social issues we face are the same, but um, I do not. Uh, and we those of us who live and work in Edinburgh don't have the same contact base, and um, I, I wouldn't know my way around Glasgow at all unless I was with you, one of you two. So um, I think it's important for us that someone out there in such a big needy city who knows the people, who's known by church leaders as well. And people who were struggling and so yeah so i, I personally i'm excited because that means it's less work for me um but i think it's exciting that that your church as a church is now becoming a church planning church and that's what i think what's more exciting and i've always been excited for that hey, i remember yeah. like since day thing, one yeah <laughs> you're always like calm down you need to plan one church before you can plan yeah 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 but it's amazing so i think I think what's going to happen is we're going to multiply quicker now because the churches we helped to plant are now beginning yeah. to plant. And I think that's, that, that's helpful. So um, so what what is it that you want from our supporters? Or what is it that you guys need from supporters going forward? Apart from money, get your money out. Like, honestly, the biggest thing we need is people, right? So when you say what opportunities we have, like I could rhyme off six or seven different people I've spoke to in the last number of years. But we don't have people to send. So... What about the issue we've got, though, at the minute, that no British people seem yeah. to be... So I, I just wrote a blog about that. It just, it just went out today. Yeah. Um, and so we're trading three American guys, which are great. And one of my neighbours this week, or a couple weeks ago, was like saying, oh, you guys really like Americans, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept like, yeah. Like, they are up in their families across the world to like, mm-hmm. spread the gospel. I love that. I would much prefer local people to do it, but there's just no one in Scotland or very few people that seem to and be why do you think Scottish person. Christians are not interested? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like, there's, I mean, do they see the pathways for that? I mean, I do think that a lot of the still traditional way you do ministry is you go to Bible college for three years, you do an internship at a church, you do, uh, 
people who are you know already working in the community or living or maybe haven't got the ability to go to Bible college right now probably think well it's just not for me and I guess that's what my, my point of that blog is I want to see people who are like healthy members who love Jesus who love the church who love Glasgow and maybe never thought they could be the type of person to get mm-hmm. to part of church I'm like well no like, and we have started our own theological training. Yeah, exactly. We could do that, but we could do that in the local church, exactly. which I think is important. Yeah. And that's what we want to do in Glasgow. I want to see not just our church to be a hub, but just little hubs of churches that plant churches and can train guys on the job, bring them into the ministry we're already doing whilst we do the training through 20 Schemes yeah. and then said they might replicate that. So I, my, prayer, my hope and prayer is that we find people in Glasgow in the West, or to be fair, Scotland, Britain, that maybe never thought I could be the kind of guy to do that. I've got the vision, I've got the passion. Yeah. But... Tommy, tell me what sort of <clears throat> men and women are needed to revitalise churches because it's very different than planting from scratch, as you're finding out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose just to kind of pick up on what Pete was saying, I mean, I, I myself, that, that study that, that Harper did a number of years ago was the catalyst that sent Lauren and I into this ministry when we, when we recognised uh, the need um, because we, we were oblivious to it, you know, in our own church at the time. But then we thought there's, a, there's such a need there, we felt called in to, to help. But you were a copper, you must have seen some of these places, right? Well, that's right. But the, the thing is, that you just, when you exist in your own church and it seems to be thriving, you're oblivious to that. It doesn't, it's not on your radar. Mm. And I think that forms a large part of why, um, because the schemes of Glasgow or the west of Scotland or any part of Scotland are not desirable places to live. They're the places that when you when you succeed in life, you leave. You know, you improve your circumstances and you leave. So that's definitely one reason why you know there's a very sh- small uptake on people to send because nobody wants to go. You know, and they don't see the need. And even if they see the need, they certainly don't want to go to these places to serve. Um, so revitalization, I think, to go back to your your question, I, th- I think revitalization would be a much more viable option around Glasgow because there still are quite a number of these mission halls which exist and and they were all planted I mean this is a model that which we're replicating people done a hundred years ago you know they, they the churches planted uh, mission halls in the schemes of Glasgow and and they went full circle uh, most of them were closed but there's many still exist there but revitalization um, is what's is a much more viable option than people might imagine but it's very very difficult to do um, you know, it's a difficult process because, you know, I mean, uh, Pete, and I wouldn't want to plant a church. I, I've, it's a calling. You don't want to do it. You know, God calls you to do it and you resist as best you can. But, you know, the blank canvas thing is helpful, you know, but you spent a lot of time, you know, putting together uh, and, and drawing the canvas up. Um, whereas we go in and it's already drawn up and you try. Trying to burn it down. <laughs> but you need to be like kind and calm and stuff, don't you? I mean, that's why it's boring. Yeah, kind and calm. That's uh, on the that's outside. The two main, <laughs> that's the two main things you need to be. But, but there know, is a difference because some of the. I mean, obviously, we slip. We swim in a theologically conservative pool. And we're quite clear about that. But there can be a tension. I'm not talking about just you, or even talking about your place. I've I've, I've done both, revitalized and and planted. And in revitalization, sometimes you're coming into. We say these old mission halls, that doesn't make them theologically sound. A lot of them didn't actually ever become what I would call proper functioning churches with the male lead eldership, um, church membership, discipline, etc. And I think some 
people, particularly some of the Americans have come over and I think they've been shocked. They've been like, why are we in a church that doesn't believe, you know, the five points of Calvin like we do or da -da -da -da, or, or whatever. Well, I mean, we won't, we won't get into that. But you see what my point is? My point is, and some guys come over and they're like, they want to do revitalization, but it's almost like they don't understand just how far back we are theologically. I think when I spoke to some of these guys, I think that they expect revitalization to be an old dying church that still holds the solid Bible teachings yeah, yeah. to older people and they've not really got the energy to do things these days. And there is some churches like that for sure, but really what we're seeing is more yeah. just a whole mishmash of theology. Well, yeah, I came here, I came here, 50, this is my 15th year, I can believe that, right? And um, it, it had been in operation as a mission hall for over 100 years. Mm -hmm. And um, they, um, they had women in... They didn't have elders. These old mission halls, you say that, like the churches, they took the, the, I'm, I'm, there's no doubt they had the gospel, but what tends to happen was a city centre church would open one, someone would come and preach, a few people would get saved, they'd gather, but the the big church would send preachers now and then to keep them up, but generally it would be women, it would be matriarchal, they they ruled the roost, they did whatever. Theolo doctrine wasn't really high on the agenda, let's just love Jesus and preach a simple gospel. And that happened over many, many, many years. And so when, even when I came here and we, you know, there was, there'd been a lot of work done um, by Charlotte Chapel, there was a absolute, I mean, I had to strip it all back. What's an elder? What's a church? What's the gospel? What's church membership? But, 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 but. So it was seven years, even, I, even though I had the idea for 20 screams long before, it was seven years to get my own, if you like, house in order. Yeah before we could start. And so I think some people come now to Nidra and they think, yeah, yeah, it's going to be like that, and you're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And I'm like, it's like, not going to be Glasgow, like that. Like, the fact that we're wanting to plant churches is so bizarre. Courage, I think brother. Because <laughs> like, a lot of the ministry that happens, and there's, there is ministry that happens in the schemes of Glasgow, right? Yeah. A lot of it is like, kind of parachute in, do some stuff, some good healthy stuff maybe, but then come out. The fact that we want to plant healthy gospel churches yeah. is bizarre for many people but is what is needed yeah is but I just want to be clear that it's that the work is hard yeah for sure we're sound <laughs> theologically some of us you know well it, it's just a he's a Calvinist in denial that's what we'll, I'll put you in that category you don't have to speak and uh, we'll just move along <laughs> the whole big podcast. we're sound but some of the places we're coming into may not be or at least no, certainly sure. may not hold the principles and so I think when we're recruiting people um you know, I think one of the lessons I've learned anyway over the last 10 years is saying we need to be clear about that. Right. Just because we we know what we're doing doesn't mean that areas we're going into, we're going to find some resistance, and that might be a shock in revitalization. Where and that's why we need churches different. like ours that can then train these guys, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. that network of support. Yeah. And Because yeah. your own church might not be that for five, ten years, but yeah. we are that for you. That's what we want to do as yeah. a hub. Yeah. You happy there, Tommy? Yeah, I mean, I would say that one of the taglines that, which at the start, which drew me towards twenty schemes as well, was planting healthy gospel centred churches. It wasn't irresistible grace. It wasn't that tagline. <laughs> <laughs> well, so <laughs> where'd I go with that? Um, yeah, so the the healthy gospel centred churches, because you're right, the the mission halls which were planted, and um, were well, yeah, there was a common love of Jesus, but there was so many gaps. Yeah, yeah. What, I, what I would call gaps in our theology, yeah, yeah. Uh, which made it uh, difficult to sustain over, uh, well, beyond <laughs> this generation for, yeah. for sure. Um, so I think if we if we go back in with that understanding, we're planting healthy gospel yeah, yeah. churches that are 
built on the foundations, you know, of how to how to what church ecclesiology looks like in the scriptures, um, and take that as we go forward. Yeah, but I've said people that these people these lots of places we go, they're they're believers. There's no doubt about that. They're, they're they're believers. They love the Lord. They love their communities. But I I would say that they're malnourished. Mm. We think of the whole counsel of God as the being five course meal or whatever your your healthy balanced diet. They just been you know nibbling on bits they've been eating mcdonald's for 30 years and i think they need a, a more balanced healthier uh, and it diet. could be down to people's misunderstanding of what people in schemes are like that they're unable to deal with this stuff you Not know a lot of it is that yeah and this is why the ragged school started to show that the people from the schemes even though they've not had the, the higher education many of them they're still able to understand and articulate and deal with yeah. complex well the bible was written to largely illiterate people yeah. Tommy, you're an ex-copper. Do you tell people that? Is that your first? Hi, I'm Tommy, ex-policeman. I tell you about Jesus. I just do the funny handshake and they, go, they know. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't mention it. No, I don't talk about it much. I mean, it comes up now and again. Can we out him then on this? Well, yeah, I think Brian outed me a couple of times in the past, yeah. So you're transitioning as other person. Yeah. <laughs> what you're saying is Brian's a grass, is that what you're saying? Yeah, Brian is a grass. Brian Police informant, he's a, a PI. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I mean it's it, it, it forms a, a large part of my under, of how I came into Twitter schemes as well. Working in housing uh, housing scheme of Paisley, uh, I think has equipped me for uh, in part equipped me for you know working in places. So like how long were you busy for? Best part of nine years. So yeah. so I find this fascinating because obviously there's a few ex policemen I know believers, some of whom are completely cynical about what we're doing, mm. even as believers, because they're like, you're a bit naive, you don't know the half of what we've seen. So how have you, how have you managed to, maybe you haven't, to stop your heart becoming cynical to the communities and actually, instead of like arresting them, now you've moved in trying to bring the gospel to them. Yeah, you've really got to change your mindset and just and realise you're there for a different reason. You know, you're, you're not there, Matt. You know, but you must be able to see a deal going down in the street and Aye. you know what's what, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's things that you kind of see and do. You think you know what's going on. You kind of, I don't know, say I want to turn a blind eye to it, but um, yeah, you do. It's, it's at that level where um, it can get dealt with by somebody, somebody else. I remember when you were moved in Verlarick, um, and it was that kind of first day of just coming out of the police and coming into this, and you're living like one of the roughest roads in Verlarick, and like <laughs> stuff was going down all the time. And it was like, like I'm meant to go out and stop. I'm meant to get like, it's a must be. Aye, a that's right. Never have I've broken a fight between yeah, yeah. two ladies one time. <laughs> exactly. But I remember a guy, and I won't say where it, where it was, uh, in the UK, who moved on to a, a council estate, and his policy was if he saw a crime, he reported it to the police. Mm. He was calling the police every five minutes, his windows were going through, locals were just slapping him. He said, no, it's, that's persecution for Jesus' sake. I said, well, I, I beg to differ. I think persecution for being an idiot. You know, if I... Yeah. If I I had to ring the police every time I saw something illegal. Heck, I'd never be off, off the phone. And so I'm not saying, mm -hmm. listen, if I saw like a serious crime in which someone's been brutalised or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you, you would report it. But when I see like kids outside the church smoking doobies and do you know what I mean? I'm think I'm not thinking to myself. Well, yeah. it's illegal. I better report this immediately because that would just. It's one of those ones where you choose your battles. Yeah. You know, you think 
what's what's the best thing we can do in this situation? And I suppose that um, if you want to live in amongst the people, if you want to be in there serving, you're there for a different reason, you know. So yeah, I mean, you you could you could report kinds if you wanted to, but you may be better speaking to those people and sharing the gospel with them. What's your view on that? Certainly, we don't like report half the kind that we would see either as well. But it's a I am coming from a middle class background, right? And there is like a tension there for me. Like I guess with the like Paul. Yeah, I'm just in built grass in his. Grassing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then there is that sort of about you want to stand up for truth and what's right and stuff. And but still, grassing's grassing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a no. But, be, but on a serious note, I mean, I and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just my opinion. This is not the opinion of Twenty Schemes. Nobody is dosing. This is just a personal <laughs> opinion. Be very clear about this. But you know, I, I, if I saw some one getting mugged or some whatever, I would comp- yeah. I would intervene immediately. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not talking about like I just ignore serious yeah. crime. I'm just like. Yeah, Certainly, to... like I'm not the police, right? So we're not like going about searching down drug deals or anything. I don't. Yeah, that's going to happen regardless of whether I can stop one or not. So I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is a that is a huge consideration, and again, it's something that it fascinates me when mission teams come over, and I, you know, sometimes little interns will do six, eight weeks for this in the summer, and I'll see them, and I'll, I'll know a couple of lads are maybe outside smoking a doobie. A couple of our elders, <laughs> and uh, they know it's like, like that's drugs and that. And I can see the computer. What do we do? What do we? You know, it, it is a very, um, yeah, it's a very difficult and different scenario, isn't it? I guess that's where we are here for the long term, right? We want to build bridges and share the gospel. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. last thing we're going to do is like just create fires everywhere because you're going to be seen as these weirdos. That yeah, yeah, yeah. To. And just to be clear, because people will just take this as they want to take it. We see anyone being injured, hurt, yeah. sexual offences, anything that's a serious breach of the law. Trust <laughs> me, they're immediately reported. But there is a little thing called wisdom and discernment, is all I'm saying. In some issues, it's like, my rule here is, listen to the boys. All my football boys smoke weed, right? And take coke at weekend, whatever they're up to. And I'm saying, I'm interested in what you do. It's illegal, stop it. That's my, you know, then they all laugh. <laughs> so I've done my bit, just say no. Uh, but don't do it. Don't do it in my building. Because when I first came here, they were dealing in the building. It was just like it was just like how are you not seeing this? And uh, and so the unwritten rule is, and no one, no one deals here. Don't deals on my property. Or, or at least if they do, then the rule is I will immediately notify the police, whoever you are. Mm-hmm. And so that's the old. Yeah, I set. That's how I set the rules. How do we get onto drugs when we're talking about raising money? It's Tommy, actually. It's just kind of, I yeah. don't think it was. I always, feel like I, need, I always feel like I need to confess to me when Tommy's yeah, in the room. I'm like, what does he know? <laughs> I'm not making this down. <laughs> Christmas challenge this year. Tell us about the Christmas challenge in a so little more detail. So Pete and I detail. are doing a countdown video every day. That's not the right Christmas challenge. No. <laughs> but you can't tell us about your countdown video because you can't. Be, I like, this is my favourite. So One the of best my part, part of Christmas, right, is that for, it's now been, this is the 11th year, is that Pete and I do a video every day from the 1st of December to the 25th of a wee song, a wee challenge right about. The Where point. can people access it? It's YouTube forward slash the Pete's online. And it's the best thing about Christmas. So this is why we're here for this now podcast. My favourite bit is when you walk up to random drunks <laughs> and then start singing around them. There's a great there. one in Canvas Lang where the guy like came out of the pub off his face like, here we go! That was, yeah, was it? That was it. Here it is. Merry Christmas, everybody's having fun. The guy was absolutely slaughtered. And they're just behind That's him great. going. <laughs> Christmas cheer and all that. No, but the Christmas challenge is our kind of giving challenge for the month of December, right? 
And we are hoping to raise so enough money. To... <laughs> He's like, you guys should know. It's when he said that that was the best thing about Christmas. Was to <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we all know that Jesus is a given. <laughs> and Jesus gives us joy, which can be two fat guys with a guitar, right? Yes. So that's cool. Anyway, we want to raise enough money to help launch three new church plants in Glasgow and launch the West of Scotland hub. Um, and so we've already got three sites that we're working towards. Um, one of them being also one here's yeah. and then Kilmarnock. And we're trying to build teams for them. We're trying to there's building work that needs done. Yeah. Uh, we want people to move into the communities. And so any money we raise will be massively helpful for that. And also for our rest of Scotland hub, we want to be able to have the structure and infrastructure in place so that we can be training guys and again praying that people would get that vision and come. And in a way, Balanic is going to be like the nidri of the of the West in terms of the base for the training, yeah. the, the ragged school and stuff like that. So yeah, no, so I am really encouraged about that. People tend to be very generous, our supporters over Christmas. So please um, support us in that. I think we're trying to raise a hundred grand, which is a drop in the ocean. You know, we're we're, we're going to raise, we're going to hoping to raise um, millions over the next five years. Um, that would make a massive difference. Like no, definitely, we're we're committed to it. Right now, we're committed to. I mean, what's great is I think back over ten years of twenty schemes is one. No one was talking about schemes like this when I started. They were all just going, what are you talking about? Secondly, we had no money, but yet year on year, the Lord is, um, uh, uh, we're supported from all around the world. Um, and almost every time we meet as a group of men to get like, we, we, we tend to meet to, to pray once a month when we can, someone's being saved. Even if it's just, even if, some of us are struggling. I haven't seen anything for years because we're just building. Others are saying, look, we've been in it a bit longer. We're seeing souls come to, to, to save me face. And that's the good thing. I think I was watching, was it? I was watching your video on 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 some, was it on our thing? The video of someone giving their testimony oh, from your church. Yeah, for the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Linda's one as well. Yeah, and Linda's one as well. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, and so, yeah, that's the thing that encourages me. Like, we're going to keep going, going to keep doing this. The Lord's at work, and despite the ambivalence of the UK church to what we're doing, um, the God's not ambivalent to the poor uh, in Scotland, is He? And so, I'm really encouraged by that. Okay, so give your money. What else we're talking about? That's it. I'd come, and yeah, come. I, the, I, and let me plug my book. You can put this link on it. Video, whatever you video and the people Pete's online link for the Pete's videos. online link. Uh, my new book. To, 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 got anything to promote? <laughs> no, I can't okay. Uh, so the least, alas, and the lost now looks like it's coming out in January. I've seen. Is it? Yeah. yeah beginning in January. Um, and um, you know that basically sets out the vision for what we're trying to do. Um, really across across the UK and I'm, what I'm hoping is that this will inspire a new generation of young Christians to forego giving their lives to parachurch organisations or organisations that just work you know in and, in and out of poor communities but give their lives to church planning and revitalization revitalization sorry uh, in our community so keep a look, keep an eye out for that book um it's coming out soon and also you'll find details um, about our ma- the massive amount of research we've done into poverty in the UK, and there'll be uh, links on the website, and you'll be able to click on uh, any of the countries in the UK 
and find out where the poorest communities are and just give us an opportunity to think about what are we doing as churches and as Christians to reach people on our doorstep who are dying in council estates without Jesus. And that's the, that's the real point um, behind all of this.